You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back and Merry Christmas. It is Advent season for our church family. And so throughout the month of December, we are just going to revisit the expectation that the world must have felt as it eagerly awaited the birth of its Messiah. And we are remembering the expectation that the church should feel as we eagerly await the return of Jesus Christ to the earth. Um, So this Advent season, we're going to be reading through the Gospel of Luke. I wanted to do something that would be encouraging to the church and a little bit different. So what we're going to do is we have readers from the church different people who've been selected to come in and read from Luke's gospel and walk slowly with us as a church family through Luke's account of the Christmas story. I hope that you enjoy getting to hear the voices of different peoples in our church family, but it's my privilege to get us kicked off. So I want to launch the gospel of Luke with the introduction and with the beginning of the Christmas story. So I'll start in chapter 1, verse 1 of Luke's gospel. Luke writes, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who, from the first, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Uh, Just a quick word about the introduction to the Gospel of Luke. Very powerful to me. Luke lets you know that signs and wonders had been fulfilled in his day, that they'd observed things that were remarkable and required somebody to testify as to what they were. Luke also lets you know that there were many versions, even in his day, of the life of Jesus that were already being shared. And so he thought it was a good work to sit down, to consult with eyewitnesses and primary sources, and to be able to reconstruct what he called an orderly account of the life in the ministry of Jesus Christ. He's writing for someone named Theophilus, whether that was their real name or just a title that was used, God lover of them, we do not know. Uh, but Luke introdu- introduces us to his gospel, letting us know that he's putting together an orderly account. And so we can know with certainty the things that were being taught about Jesus. And here's how that account begins. Let me introduce you to two characters, to Zechariah and to Elizabeth. Verse 5 says this, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old." As the Gospel of Luke begins, we're introduced to two characters who have served the Lord for a long time, and I'd like to walk through their character sketch. It'll be fully developed uh, as the days go on by other readers who join me, but for today, let me show what Luke has revealed to us. First, we know that there's a priest named Zechariah. 
and second, we know that he has a wife named Elizabeth. Both of them were descendants of Aaron. In other words, they would have known themselves to be the descendants of the high priest, and it seems to us in this text that both of them have devoted themselves to being separated for God's sake, to be holy for the Lord. Like both of them appreciated uh, the sense of calling that their family had inherited. So that's that's notable. We also recognize that Zechariah was a member of the priesthood according to the division of Abijah. That's probably just a reference to the chief priests uh, or to the group of priests that governed um, his shift. So the priests were divided into 24 shifts and they would each come and work their rotations in the temple, relieving each other. And then on the major feast, they would all come together. Another thing that operates sort of in the background of these first verses is um, in verse 5, it's just a time marker for Luke, but I think it's more important than that. In verse 5, it says, in the time of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest. Okay, this King Herod is going to um, mark the story. This is Herod the Great, and Herod the Great I would have died shortly after the birth of Jesus. But this is Herod the Great, who we know in Matthew's gospel to have killed the innocents in Bethlehem. This is Herod the Great who set up his dynasty. That you know, One of his children, Herod Antipas, is going to be the Herod that uh, hears the trial of Jesus in Jerusalem before he's crucified. So in the shadow of this strong, powerful ruler, Herod the Great, a man who was not devoted to the Lord in any way, shape, or form, we are introduced to this elderly priest, and his faithful wife, both of them descendants of, of Aram. This is what else we find about these two folks who are sort of a, a small and unimpressive source of righteousness, even in the face of this great cloud of political power that would have surrounded Herod the Great. It says in verse 6 that both of them were righteous in the sign of God. That's a, a beautiful encouragement for our families. They observed all the commands and the decrees of God blamelessly. So the both man and wife were fully devoted to the Lord. What a great family to eventually get to raise John the Baptist to set this child apart for his future. Uh, and I, I just want to ask us, young or old, all across our church family, man, how powerful will it be in our households if husbands and wives, for those of us who are married um, and those of us who are single, I mean, if, as you govern your household, if we'll be devoted fully to the work of the Lord, that we'll keep his commands blamelessly and that we'll love him well. But the thing that I want to point out to you is that in verse 7, uh, the stage is set with a sense of emptiness or hopelessness for this couple. And what I mean by that is the, the text tells you that even though they loved the Lord and even though they were faithful to God, uh, they were childless because they couldn't conceive. And then it says this, and they were both very old. And it's almost as if the text wants you to know that the thing that, that they've been waiting for was a child, and it looked as if their prayers would never be answered and they would never be heard. Maybe they've even given up because after all, they are very old. So there's a few things that I want to encourage our church family by with this very short reading. Yeah, the first thing is I do want to encourage you to be devoted to the Lord, to be righteous, like to love Him and obey His commands, like be a person that He could look down and use, just as He found Zachariah and Elizabeth and used them for His glory. Be somebody who's trying to walk with the Lord, that's trying to obey His commands. Be somebody who delights in the Lord, whether that's in your youth or as for this couple, even in your in your older age. Another thing that I want to 
encourage everybody with here is that, listen, life wasn't perfect for Zachariah and Elizabeth. I don't want to make too much of it because I don't know how they felt or how they responded to their circumstances. But Luke tells us that on the one hand, they're very righteous, but on the other hand, they were childless, which it seems to set this up as if that was a disappointment to them, that this is something that they had, that they had grieved. So I guess you could say that from their perspective, even though they were faithful, uh, they didn't get all their prayers answered the way they wanted them to. Their, their life didn't look perfect as the cookie cutter family on the outside. And maybe that's you. Maybe as Advent season brings us into December and you're anticipating the return of Christ, you're also thinking about a few of the things that uh, maybe feel like disappointments for you. Things that aren't working out the way that you'd hoped. And maybe you're tempted to, to look up at the heavens and say, Lord, I've been faithful to you, haven't I? And so why hasn't everything worked out? Well, the Bible is, is filled with stories of people who were faithful and could not see the full picture. And from our limited perspective, sometimes it looks as if the Lord hasn't answered our, our prayers when in, the, in, in truth, he's answering them in the right way. And you're not alone. He hears you. So this story has, begins with this sort of shadow of hopelessness. They're old. They're too old to have kids. This is going to be impossible. Of course, we're reminded that nothing is impossible with God. But the thing that I want to draw out of here is that this couple may have been older, but they were not done. So if you look at our church family, we've got a terrific population all across uh, the spectrum. You know, we've got fantastic youth and children. We've got great young adults. But we also, in my opinion, have a wonderful group of our senior adults, of leaders who follow the Lord for a long time. And maybe maybe there are some unique challenges that approach us in our senior seasons of life where we feel like we're done or we're tempted to think that God's through using us. And I just want to point out that as this as the Christmas story begins, it's launched from the perspective of two folks who the Bible describes as very old. And these are the very people that God's going to begin stirring in to start the Christmas story. So no matter how old you are in our church family, I want you to recognize that God sees you and he wants to use you today. So I want to encourage all of us that we would be the Zachariah and Elizabeth today, that we would be women and men who are faithful to the Lord, who love the Lord, who are devoted to the Lord, even when it looks like some of our prayers aren't being answered the way we want or as quickly as we want, even we feel like things aren't working out, that we would be totally committed to the Lord no matter what. And just recognize that we never retire. There's never a season in our life when we're too old. So how about this? I know it sounds a little strange, but if you're 20 or 15 or or 19, if you're a young adult, a college student in our church family, I want you to spend a little time today imagining yourself in the season of life that Zachariah and Elizabeth were in. Who do you want to be? In those days, who do you want to be? And don't let your dreams be filled with power or wealth. or like I want you to imagine your character. Like Who do you want to be in the eyes of the Lord when you come into the last seasons of your life? Don't you want to be found faithful? Somebody that God has used and can continue to use. So for all of us in the church family today, let's be inspired by what the Lord was doing in Zechariah and Elizabeth. I look forward to our Advent readings. God bless you and Merry Christmas.